to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. I'm Jay Outway, the dragon. Uh, I am Jack Outway, the sun. How are you this week? I am feeling psionic. Feeling psionic. Well, we're not going to go full empowered. We're not going to go full in psionics because there's a lot about psionics, which is a bit disgusting. But we do want to focus on one of your characters that you built on UA, and as is with most UA builds you make, it was scrapped and archived. archived. Now you've updated. No scrapped. She still exists. And I've rebuilt her. You've I'm rebuilt good. her? Do you still have the old copy or I not? I do. I got okay. both of them. Okay, okay. And today we're going to like talk to her side by side. Um, first, like, you know, psionics, right? Mm. They've, um, they've come a long ways, or have they? They are something that I remember back in first edition, that was always sort of a little bit of an add-on. Um, I've read a bit of the history of it, that uh, psionics entered into D&D when Gary Gygax wrote the Mind Flayer monster. Uh, mm. The Illithids had all this sort of psionic control over all their sort of enslaved creatures, and then all those sort of enslaved creatures started to get them a little bit, and then you had stories like the Gith and the Gith Yankee, um, where Charles Strauss wrote stuff that brought them into D&D. And they all sort of expanded on the psionic thing. So we had these monsters that kind of had them. And then now we've, then we sort of had characters. But back in the day, you had to have a super high intelligence to make it work. Where now it's not so much about the intelligence. Although I would make an argument that it could be. Uh, the way that the current set up for psionics work it's either you pick one of the subclasses that have got this thing called psionic talent and we're going to talk about my sorcerer and and amongst that there's also a fighter and a rogue currently although i don't know how much we'll touch on that but we'll see um and or you can uh burn one of your asis or your variant human uh feet to take uh the uh, wild, wild talent, talent. Mm. <laughs> wild talent um and then after that once you pick that up you can start picking up other psionic uh feats uh i like the idea a lot though tell me what you think mm. what if any character whose intelligence hit 18 also qualified no no 18's not that high 18 used to be the gold standard I mean, 18 is fairly high, but there's things above 18, and you can get to 18 fairly quickly if you need to. We could you do it at first level? I don't think everyone should get it, though, because then you don't... We, n- people don't necessarily want to play a Sonic character. They I'm just, just want to play a smart person. It, okay, if you had a... All right, and the other thing is, right now, psionics are no longer... Intelligence-based. S- I'm okay with that. Specifically tied to intelligence. I'm all right with that. I don't have an issue with that. I just like, I just like to think there'd be some way for you to get psionics... Like right now, it really does seem like the only way that you're going to be able to take two feats is like get to eighth level or be a variant human at fourth level in order to get, you know, say metabolic control or something Mm -hmm. cool like that. I Um, mean, they're long-term commitments. 
Yeah, you're certainly not picking up very many of them in the game. I was just thinking if there was a, an ability score way to unlock them, that would be awesome. And back in the day, it was all about intelligence. You, you'd roll, if you had 18 intelligence, you still wasn't, weren't guaranteed. You had to roll another sort of D100, and then, boom, uh, if you're lucky, you picked up some psionic skills. Still describe other things as psionics, though, even if they aren't mechanically psionics. I mean, just pick up the feet and go wizard and inspire some of it around the whole psionic thing, you know? They just made these subclasses to make them more accessible to people who don't have a bunch of feats to burn, you know? Sure. And just want it out the gate or want to really focus on charisma or on strength or on dexterity yeah. or on and they've been trying whatever. to play around with whether or not, like, are psionic spells? Mm-mm. Or are they another sort of thing altogether? They're Back in the day, altogether. they were always another thing altogether. They've tried, they recently had a psionic like, sort of school. Well, it was never a school. It, it was always other schools spells. of magic. But I had specific sort of new spells based around that theme which were introduced. Right. And and I kind of like these new spells. Oh, well, I think some of them, they pay, a lot of them pay homage to first and second. And when they were like, Zyx and its base was I, introduced. I think it's a cantrip um, mind sliver. It's nice. Uh, I think it's, I don't think it's great. I think it's another sort of vicious mockery clone, but it's not bad. I mean, it's it's an interesting sort of thing, but I feel like it's not the best cantrip out there. And like, given how limited cantrip selection is, I don't see me picking it up often. Unless like I'm really thematically building around unless, a psionic thing. Exactly, unless you're building a psionic character. But I can still think there's other ways that I, I could do that still. I mean, there's mending and message and all these other things. I mean, this is that like really feels... Mending your brain. Well, no, but not everything has to hurt. Not every cantrip is meant to hurt your brain. Well, but if you're playing a psionic character, it's kind of the idea, right? Well, you could always pick up the magic initiate feat and take Vicious Mockery or whatever. I mean, there's yeah, just... I don't know. Like... Mind Sliver, to me doesn't feel like like super powerful everyone take this i mean even thematically i could find alternatives to it and it just seems like the eldritch blast of psionics if anything just an easy cop out this is your psychic damaging whatever you know but but i want to see someone be more creative with it essentially is a like whether you're talking about firebolt or whether you're talking about chill why not mix up your like why not mix up your psionics by taking encode thoughts well, hmm? Now you're just talking crazy. <laughs> I'd like to see someone make a proper build with encode thoughts because I've never seen a proper way for it to be used. That's that. The, there might be a reason for that. Like, could someone like leave like a comment or some like some idea for like what you could do with encode thoughts? Because I have like no idea how you could make encode thoughts feasible in game. Like, why would you ever need encode thoughts? If you're listening to this now and you understand how to do this, hit me up at jotway on twitter uh let me know how to use encode thoughts and jack and i will talk about it on one of our shows all right mr shameless plug oh, oh hey we if you'd like to email us oh my god like dragon like sun at gmail.com we're there too <laughs> all, right, can, all right let's move on let's get we into are the meat open of it. to your feedback all right we are listening Sonic Soul Sorcerer, um, do you want to start off with your character, or do you want to start off with a brief understanding of the current Sonic Soul Sorcerer subclass? Um, let's talk about the cat class a little bit to start with. All right. Um, it has a description to it, sort of always like how all most subclasses, especially when they introduce them in this way, have them on like what the history behind it is. It could be whatever. It, there's a bunch of origins behind getting it. Um, which I think is kind of cool. Could be like Far Realm, Astral Plane, Ancestral sort of stuff or whatever. Um, 
I, one that I really like. Deep in the forest, touched by the Feywild, you drank from a glimmering stream, and now your mind shines with power. Beasts and Fey creatures are often now friendly to you, as if they can sense the light within you. Which I think is quite cute. I kind of, for my build, I went with the first one on there, which is still the um, Touched by the Far Plane, which is the equivalent of what it used to be, which was uh, Aberrant Mind, which was the first build was but I think it's good that we went away from like like Abbott Mind was like really pigeonholed you mm. into like oh okay I've been touched by some crazy stuff from the far plane and it's warped my brain to now okay you've got a lot more options for character development and I think that's an improvement for sure it's a mm. big uh, step forward that you can now build your sorcerer around a lot of different themes mm. then moving in um, to features the psionic soul gets it all first level as is with all sorcerers, right? And warlocks and clerics and other classes that get stuff at first level. Um, and much like many other of these psionic classes, they get the psionic talent option. Um, Which would actually make them a really good multi-classing. Again, I was trying to think of how do you make sure you pick up psionic stuff so you can then collect your uh, you know, feats to go with it. And yeah, one level of dip into Sorcerer Origins or whatever, and boom, you have immediately picked up the Psionic Talent, plus all the other cool stuff that comes with it. Mm. Then moving on to within, because these this is actually some, these are some of the most sort of complicated in terms of depth uh, as a subclass. Like I think this is much more challenging for players to pick up, especially if you're going Sorcerer with it. Um, and the things you have to manage as a sorcerer now on top of like these multi-features within feature features on top of keeping track of your... That's a lot of feature features. And keeping track of your psionic dice as well, you know. So there's like a lot of things to consider when going into this. So I don't know how readily I would play a psionic talent sorcerer, but... Or if you're a new player, how much I would encourage you Yeah, this is, this is probably not your first character you want to build. Uh, it's, it's a... It, there's a lot to keep track of, um in this, especially when you're also not thinking about sorcery points. And then leading into the abilities, I actually was kind of disappointed um, with some of the lack of things and some of the addition of things. And uh, I'm not very familiar with what was changed, but this doesn't quite feel finished to me, just looking like reading it. Um, first level, you get three different things you can do with your sonic talent uh, die, um, which we can explain that essentially right now. It starts off as a D6, right? And how the die works is you can use it for certain features granted by this class, right? And say you roll a certain number, like the highest number or the lowest number, certain things can change as the sort of ebb of flow, ebb and flow of the sonic ability sort of grows or, or decreases. So changing the die size, if I can just sort of, um, if you roll the highest number on your sonic talent die, it decreases by one size after the roll. This represents you burning through your sonic energy. For example, the die size is a D6 and you roll a six, it becomes a D4. And if it's a D4 and you roll four, it becomes unusable until you finish a long rest. Conversely, if you roll a one on your sonic talent die, it increases by one size after the roll up to a, up to a starting size. This represents uh, you conserving psionic energy for later use. For example, if you roll one on a d4, then it becomes a d6. When you finish a long rest, uh, it restarts, resets to its starting size. When you reach certain levels, the starting size uh, increases, which is d8 at fifth level, 11, uh, d10 at 11th level, and d12 at 17th level, which is sort of all cantrip scaling uh, and typical level scale scaling in D&D, so I'm, I'm fine with that. 
But then moving in what, into what you can do with your um, psionics at first level, you have three different things we can do, uh, which you can do, which I feel are all sort of lackluster to me. Uh, the first being psionic discovery. You can unlock the ability to cast a mind-oriented sorcerer spell you don't already know. After meditating for 10 minutes, which can be done during a rest, roll your psionic talent die and choose a sorcerer spell of a level for which you have spell slots, and that is the school of divination or enchantment. You know the spell for a number of hour, hours equal to your, the number you rolled. Now, I, I, I want to get into why I don't necessarily like this feature um, for multiple reasons. Well, I mean, first, first let's like be clear of why where this came from. So it's replacing the expanded spell list that the previous version, the Aberrant Mind Sorcerer had, which was a weird thing, right? Because Sorcerer's subclasses don't get expanded spell lists. I mean, I thought it was a nice addition. I frankly think that all Sorcerers should have had an expanded spell list for their subclass, just in concept. Like behind, like So you'd rather go back to that than have this one, where you get to pick any spell Mm -hmm. you want. No, no, no. Only divination or enchantment. All right. Well, come on. If you're psychic sort of character, you only need those ones. Mm-hmm. So no. So yeah, and, well, that gets into why I sort of dislike this. Because one, if you have listened to our school of magic uh, episode, you'll know that enchantments are the most evil of spells. All right, all right. Besides that, I dislike this because this already like this out the gate encourage you encourages you to pick spells which aren't really like psionic in nature. And, like, makes you feel like, oh, well, I can just get these during 10 minutes. Why wouldn't I just, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't, why would I pick these if, like, because I can't, like, conjure up other spells. So now people are going outside of the, like, the typical, like, concept of a character instead of muddying that up, which I, I mean, if you want to go that way with it, it just, for me, it sort of subtracts from the experience of playing a psionic. But maybe this is to compensate for the fact that you will be, like, you won't be able to get every spell because sorcerer spell lists are actually quite um, the, the amount of spells you can know is quite small, especially at a first level like this. Getting a couple extra spells is a nice feature, but then um, it also lists you know the chosen spell for a number of hours equal to the number rolled. So especially if this is done during a, like a, a rest, you could essentially like before like even starting to get into exploring, you could roll one, and now like for one hour you have this spell, but you're gonna need it like down the road, and so that's unpredictable. Well, I mean, I see this as one of those things that I suppose if you kind of know you're going into battle or if you're kind of going in, if you're stuck in a particular room or situation in a dungeon or someplace where you are, you need a spell, if there's, well, if there's no time limit, I mean, the 10 minute thing, it doesn't matter, right? The 10 minute thing on it basically means you can't, there's no way you're going to be able to have time to, to pull this up in combat. Mm. So this has to happen either before or outside of combat and Or during a rest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can, but you could do in the, the case, in the course of exploring, uh, come up with this, come up with lots of different spells this way. I mean, you're still burning spell slots to cast them, but it does give you an opportunity to have a much broader, almost cleric or druid-like ability to draw from a wide, wide range of spells. Well, it's actually two of the smallest spell lists Maybe besides necromancy. Divination is quite a small spell list, and that with enchantment as well. Plus, they have to be sorcerer spells, which is already a restricted oh, spell list in some of, ways. I mean, okay, sure. So, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head exactly which divination spells are sorcerer and not. But um, maybe pull that up with Unearthed Arcana but, or on 
D&D Beyond, but I'm sort of thinking that uh, those sorts of spells, though, are the ones that can be quite handy if, you know, if you need to get past guards or if you need to watch something or if you need to be, you know, playing those other pillars of the game that aren't combat-based. So off your regular spell list, you can pick things that you need all the time to be able to, like, fight, and then you could use this ability to sort of dig into some of the other spells that you need for social interaction and exploration. Mm -hmm. Well, looking at first level, there's only four spells you can do this with, and these are typically maybe psionic spells, which you might want to pick out the gate, but now this is sort of encouraging you not to pick the psionic spells, which is why I sort of dislike it. So at first level, when you get pick this up, obviously expands later for the levels, but you can either pick up Charm Person, which, which is I do. super odd, like for 10 minutes, like to spend 10 minutes trying to like get a charm person ready, like feels weird to me. Yeah, and, I, and that's one I would take straight out of the gate for when I do with this character. Comprehend rituals, or sorry, no, sorry, comprehend, comprehend languages, rituals. which is a ritual, but yeah. that's just another 10 minute. I mean, that that it, to me nice makes to have no that sense, without but, having to actually use it as have it as one of your known spells. Mm, I'm good with that. Yeah. So basically, I'm gaining an expanded spell list that I can meditate to draw upon that include. Comprehend languages, detect magic, and sleep. And charm person. And charm person, which like I said, I already have. But knowing that I've got those other three that I can reach out for, those aren't so bad. Those yeah, could be useful. Why wouldn't you, like, I don't know, but to me, like, especially as this goes at higher levels. But you're right. Why not just, if that's as many as we're going to have, why not just list them? Why, mm. why go through all this rigmarole of making me look it up? Then going to the point. But does this yeah. go, the thing is, though, this isn't just, you're just showing us first level. In theory, this could be... Any mm-hmm. level of spell I can cast, right? Every Any level of spell you can cast, but I'm just thinking out the gate, first level. Moving sure. to fifth level, perhaps a more reasonable, you have mo- much more... So if I put a sixth level character, I can I can drop to third, fourth level. Third, third level. Third level. Um, so you so, could do yeah, Catnap, which you've just done a rest, or you've just done 10 minutes, so why would you pick this up, especially after just resting for 10 minutes? Okay, maybe not. Charm Person, which you already discussed. Clairvoyance, which you spend 10 minutes, and then another 10 minutes to cast it, just to look for 10 minutes. You've spent 20 minutes just to do this yeah, one it's, thing. It's Comprehend like, Languages, I will admit, has usefulness to it. Clairvoyance is a set-up thing, so, I mean, 20 minutes, like, this is... You know, the blink of it's a snap of a finger. It's the wave of the DM's hand. Okay, mm. 20 minutes passes, and boom, you've got this concentration spell up. But, yeah. But then, like, you need it on the spot, right, necessarily. But, like, the thing is, you also have to roll to see how long you have it. So, say it's the at the beginning of your adventuring day. You roll to see how long you're going to have clairvoyance. You roll one hour. All right, got to get going. Otherwise, this, this is just going to be a waste, you know. Plus, you have, like, well, you, we have 50 minutes because you have to spend 10 minutes casting the spell. No, but if you lose it, can you keep concentration on it? So, you have 40 minutes to cast the spell, you know. <laughs> All right, back to your original point. Mechanics in D&D need to be smooth in order for them to be fun to use. Like, this to me just, like, is so much more thinking. Just like the wild shape. It just, like, makes the players, like, think, okay, God, what are the divination enchantment spells that I can cast at my level currently that count as sorcerer spells? And I'll look that up, right? So so I'm not going to pick these spells. I'm going to pick other things that, like, put me outside of psionics when, like, the whole character should be based around psionics is, like, the thing that sort of irks me about this ability, especially, you know? Like, as a, like, a psionic thing, couldn't I, like, why shouldn't I just have, like, clairvoyance or something like that? Like, now I'm, like... In, encouraged not to pick that spell for the interest of, and then keeping track of timings and 10 minutes and like other things and it, it is nice that it says it can be done during a rest but then just also the rolling to see how long you have for it like it's like in terms of like cost benefit like it may not even be worth it you know it's to me it just feels 
like like as a weird like feature that sort of just subtracts from the subclass as a whole like encouraging like casting sonic spells or picking sonic spells or like procuring your spells as a sorcerer and like picking up extra things that you like that you could like you, you don't have but you could have that could be like give you an extra sort of advantage is cool but this to me just feels weird you know i don't know it just doesn't feel like a good feature like that I, I would keep in this it just it it makes me more upset like not upset like you know i'm not mad but still this i don't know i did not my favorite feature but moving on to psychic sorcery when you cast a spell you can use your mind to form it rather than relying on words gestures and materials to do so roll your psionic talent die the spell then requires no verbal components and if you rolled the level of the spell or higher the spell doesn't require somatic or material components either so hey guess what you don't need to take subtle casting as your meta magic anymore, mm. which is kind of fun. like one that in my original build I did take for my character named Malochi. She's the owl wizard or owl sorcerer. Um, Malochi, Malochi doesn't want. She's kind of a little bit vain. She doesn't want anybody to actually know that she's casting spells. She wants them all to look like they were psionic abilities, and now that build is even easier to do because she really is doing psychic sorcery. So it's not even just about her being vain. I mean, she really, really is casting stuff. Um, and you can do this with every spell you cast, right? You basically just roll the die. Yeah, but then you could lose... I mean, it's just more... Like, it's so random, you know? And at lower levels, you are guaranteed to be able to cast it whenever you want without... Unless you lose your Sonic Talent die, of course, after expending it, after, like, rolling a four on a d4 right but otherwise you can essentially now for free make all your spells require no verbal components right but again that's in practice kind of useless but i guess what it's trying to do is it's getting you to roll that that psionic die again and again yeah but which again increases again, the like, chances of where you are you going to cast firebolt without hitting verbal high components? or low on it and either boosting it back up or getting rid of it and feeling this flow of energy through you I think they're just trying to create spaces for us to do this. And but I don't, like I said, I think in the right character build, you've got somebody who who's, wants to just cast with their mind and not have to wave their hands around and be, you know, saying all sorts of magical mumbo-jumbo that just want to, like, have that deathly deep stare into your soul. And boom, mind's liver. Well, okay, I get that, the mind's right? Needed one, a bad but example. why put it here? Sorcerer already has that. Like sorcerer literally already has, yeah, this feature. Yeah, subtle casting. Subtle casting. Like, why bring this when but this you already a, exists? You a sorcery point. You don't have that many of them. But then why not make it a sorcery point based thing with psychic? Like, why not you reduce your sonic talent die by one size, rolling it and regaining a number of sorcery points equal to the number rolled on your sonic talent die? That just sounds like a thing that could like that's so easy. Ooh, I like you know? your rule. Like, that's, like, a simple thing that now gives you options to do literally this. I mean, the only thing, like, that's better about this is that if you roll well, it doesn't require material components, which is in some ways busted, right? I mean, but also thinking about, like, the, how many cast, spells and, will and the have the question is, does that mean, like, especially at higher level things, so the, then I don't know how, how many sorcerer spells have got expensive components, but this essentially seems to say you don't need the expensive components. Mm. Well, yeah, it's it doesn't even list a cost, you know. It's just no material components, which is like the big big thing about this. But you might be unlucky and not get that, you know. You might be unlucky and not be able to do that, and you can only do it with a maximum 
I mean, I suppose when you reach higher levels, you can do it at maximum of any level. But still, it's to well, me by, it feels by like, sixth level you're rolling a d8, so it's seems okay. Uh, yeah, wait. One thing I do spells. have to wonder. So, so okay, okay. How about okay? So now you pick this up at one level, first level, right? Then the rest of the way you go cleric with it, say, and you now have true resurrection, which is a twenty-five thousand GP diamond. You this this here your sonic talent type scales with, um oh no, sorry no it is certain levels in this class never mind, um yeah, I was gonna say that you could true resurrection with no. With no twenty five. Well, you get true you, resurrection, oh, and you actually, get true resurrection. Oh, once hmm. per day, I suppose it's the ninth level slot. Hmm. You can't quite make it though, can you? Because we need no. We well, need you go eleven levels. levels here, and then you. Hmm. Well, I mean, you could get revivify for free, most times. Yeah. Well, even if with just five levels, just pick up five levels of five levels of sorcerer gives me a D eight. Um, five levels of is third, so I've got a better than 50% chance of rolling over it for no component. Yeah. For free. So essentially you get a free revivify most of the time. I mean, that's a build right there. That is, I mean, it, this just to me feels somewhat like pointless given that there already like, is a feature like for this that exists with sorcerers. And I just, I feel like there's more potential there. Like, and I can get into like, once we finish this feature, how I would change it. But finally, this is the part I do like about it. Telepathic speech. You can form a telepathic connection between your mind and the mind of another. As a bonus action, choose one creature that you can see and roll your psionic talent die. For a number of hours equal to the number rolled, you and the chosen creature can speak telepathically with each other, while the two of you are within a number of miles to each other equal to the number you rolled. To understand each other, you must be able to mentally you, you sorry, you must each be able to mentally speak mentally in a language the other knows. The telepathic connection ends early if you use this ability to form a connection with a different creature. Super simple. It's done in the rogue a different way where you can target a number of creatures equal to your, like, like instead of, like, for a number of hours with one creature, it's a is number there, of creatures. Is there a range for, on that one? Uh, it's a number of miles equal to the number rolled. Wow, so that's really expanded. So previously in the, the older version of this, it was called Invasive Thoughts. And again, bonus action to create the telepathic link. It lasted just for 10 minutes, okay. uh, but you had to make it within 30, somebody within 30 feet of you. Uh, and until uh, it, it ended, though, you could speak to them as long as they understood one language, but it didn't have to be one that you spoke. So it was, it really gave a tremendous amount of power to the, the telepathic link to, to create uh, you know, a universal translator, if you will. So that that sort of nerfed it quite a bit, but I like the fact that it's extended and for hours. So as a party, if you do got to split up, this link, this link could be quite a good way to stay in touch mm -hmm. uh, between yeah. two, two characters. Very much so. I, I actually quite like this a lot. If I were to change this like entire like feature here, I would essentially... Hmm. I would get rid of Sonic. I would, okay, how about this? I would get rid of Sonic Discovery. I would change Psychic Sorcery to um, allow for the role to maybe like I'd add some different feature that was sort of more universal than like um, subtle casting, like the subtle spell invoke like thing, and make it where you could still forego using 
material components, but that sort of still exists. And then I have a separate thing where you can burn it, reduce it by a size, and get some sorcery points back, just as those three different things even. So if you were filling out the the UA survey form for this, for this feature, would you say you're satisfied or less than satisfied? I'm, I think I'm fully dis- dissatisfied. dissatisfied with this feature. I'm with dissatisfied this with this feature. Very dissatisfied. All right. Moving on, though. Uh, and for those of you at home wondering what this survey thing is, um, I've recently pledged to now start filling out all my UA forms. So part of the reason we're going through this as well, so that as I have a good talk with Jack about these things, I have a much more clear picture in my mind. And I'm going to go fill out that form and uh, make sure that the good folks who are designing this game get uh, solid feedback. So if you're listening at home and agree with us on any of these things, please go ahead, fill out that form. Moving on to 6th level, we get the Psychic Strike. You've learned to channel additional psychic energy into your spells. Oh, oh just let me back okay. on one second. Yes, we talk about Psychic Strike. There's actually this in the best features, but the thing that's missing that actually used to be that I loved about what the Sorcerer got was uh, it was called Warped Being, and it gave you AC 13 plus dex. Hmm. It's sort of unoriginal, though, because the yeah, Draconic right. Bloodline has it as well. It's a big AC boost. I mean, so they might... It's Mage Armor. ...character was like, yeah, boom. I'm Just a, pick the Mage Armor spell. AC 16 without having to burn a slot on that. And I like that. That was awesome. Also, they AC 18? Up, no, 16. Oh, they said 18 um, there. And also, they had picked up uh, resistance to, uh, I think, uh, psychic damage and also like like advantage against uh, being charmed or frightened. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me that this doesn't have resistance to psychic damage, but well or the and the I think the even it's even it's great to be able to have advantage against the the charmed and frightened. I love that a lot. Like, you know, just as somebody whose mind's been warped by the farm re- far realm is not somebody you Easily spook or the farm realm. The farm realm. Is that what I said? That's like an interesting place. The farm. The farm realm. That's where that's where do- old dogs are taken to. <sighs> no, no. Moving on. Psychic strike. Sixth level sonic feature. Um, sonic soul feature. You've learned to channel additional psychic energy into your spells. This is great. Mm. Immediately after you deal damage to a creature with a sorcerer spell for which you have expended a spell slot. Again, doesn't follow the language. You could just say a spell first level or higher. You can roll your sonic talent die and also deal psychic damage to that creature equal to the number rolled. Sorry, did you just pick up on their their their? I mean, it just doesn't it just of... it doesn't match with what they usually say. Like when you cast a spell first level or higher, you can roll your time. Like that's what it should say, but it, instead it says I'm always so a, impressed. A sorcerer spell for which you expend the spell slot that you have not the same. that you can imitate their hmm? their their format. As so an well. avid home brewer myself, I can. Make claims that that is I like it. incorrect. But this is okay. Essentially, they're just saying, "Look, you cast a spell, and you get to throw your psychic die. Boom, damage onto it. Mm. And that's with every spell. Yeah. So even little old mind sliver, Kerpow. No, no, has to expend a spell slot first oh, level or higher. Oh, I see what you said. This is why it's so confusing because by using that language, this could easily be overlooked, right? But if they use a spell of first level or higher. Uh-huh. Then it's it's clear it's that it clear. uses a spell slot and it follows right. language, you know. But now you think, I mean, now it's just like weird when you cast a spell first level or higher, and then you can. But is that to, is that 
somehow because we might be casting a spell, casting a spell with um, sorcery points. Um. Well, you can't do that. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. No, unfortunately. It used to be a thing, wasn't it? No, never a thing. The only case that where that happens is, I think, with the, the Shadow Soul, where you can cast uh, Darkness using sorcery points. But you can't cast spells using sorcery points in 5e. Um, moving on to... I mean, that's a nice feature in itself, being able to put out some more psychic damage. Well, not very resisted. You can put it out pretty frequently. Uh, it's a nice feature. Also gets your sonic talent time I'm moving. just trying to think of why they would have written it that way. Because, like... I mean, basically, it's, yeah, basically, it should just, big, big flashing lights on it say, this doesn't work with cantrips. Well, or they maybe say, you don't want, they want, don't want you to do it with spells that you cast through a magic item, or through charges, or through whatever, but, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you'd phrase, I think it's just whenever you cast a spell first level or, or higher. Right, you just go with that. You can roll your... I mean, I don't know why they're so sort of restrictive on that Anyways, concept, it gives you an extra dice of damage, mm-hmm. which is... It's an extra 1d6 slash 8 slash 10 slash 12 slash 4, but... Uh, but on every... on everything. On on everything, potentially, or until you lose it, right? Mind over body, then. So does that matter? So, okay. Sorry, so okay. if I roll that damage dice, because it's my psionic dice, and I roll... A 6, it lowers. Yeah, the top number of that dice. Mm-hmm. You deal the most damage, but then it reduces to and a d4. Next, next spell I cast, I want to make sure I roll a 1 so I don't lose it. Mm-hmm. And if you roll a 4, you lose it. And you're going to have to spend a bonus action to get it back. And then once you do that, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Wow. Then moving on to 14th level, big jump, 8 level jump. You know, we no longer have... I mean, that's the weird thing about sorcerer features to me is because you get one at 6th level. And then the next one you get is at 14th level. Uh, actually, you know where, I, where I'm thinking about this? So, sorry backing up the little section we did actually what that what um psychic strike replaced was psionic sorcery uh where you it was casting psionic spells using sorcery points that's where i was thinking about it was a thing so i'm like i'm sure she could do that and that's it um so maybe partly why i got phrased like that was taking some of the language from the other one i don't know but that's inverse uh, to the other one, is it not? Like a literal opposite. Yeah. Psionic uh, sorcery was, was casting psionic spells with sorcery points. Or even if you don't want to convert... Which like I like that idea. I like the idea of casting, yeah, casting well, spells say, with... Yeah, even on the first level feature, like where it literally says psychic sorcery, you could, or even psionic discovery, you could just throw that out and say you spend sorcery points sure. to cast a well, divination or enchantment spell, you which you just feature you can times. do, or it reduces your talent die level or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I have also talked a few times about using the alternative rules for spell points rather than spell slots and mixing spell points and sorcery points sort of together as a means to create a, a more interesting sorcerer. Um, yes? Pardon? Sorcery points and spell points? Uh, spell points, I mean... That was a variant rule sort of feature. Um, I think it's just another way to like make it more complicated with the the sorcerer. Um, but I don't know. This feels like a missed opportunity to like link like sorcery points into this new feature because there's been like three different things. There's spell slots, then like then your your sonic talent stuff, and then now like the, or not now, but now then there's also the sorcery points, and so the three of them are now are interlinked potentially, but they don't do that, which is sort of what. Irks me a little bit, and I feel like it was just like a missed opportunity. 
14th level, though, if we can move on, mind over body, you can now use the psi, uh, the psi or psi that flows through you to give your, I was thinking like key, like C, but it's psi for sure. The psi that flows through you to give your body extraordinary abilities. As a bonus action, you can re, you can roll your um, Sonic Talent die and spend one or more sorcery points to magically transform yourself for a number of hours equal to the number rolled. Until this transformation ends, you gain one of the fo following benefits of your choice for each sorcery point you spent, choosing a different benefit for each point. Which is unnecessarily weird to me. Like, why not reverse it? Like, you spend a bunch of sorcery points, roll the die, and you can pick certain features depending on how high the roll was. Not certain necessarily, but a number of features equal to how high the roll was. That's just how I would do it. But it's weird to me that it's like, because we don't really see this where you can like, depending on how many sorcery points you spend, things change. So it just feels weird to like do that now for me. And again, it, this, it just, just, it just feels way too complicated for me to like, to have like, again, features and features that you can have to like do specific things to like unlock, you know, which is to me, again, just too complicated. Um, I would do it the other way. Um, I'd say you can, like, maybe put, like... I mean, four even's enough, you know? Because you could even, with a D4, pick up all of these, you know? So, the four things are... You can see any invisible creature within 60 feet of you, provided it, that it isn't behind total cover. You gain a flying speed equal to your walking speed, and you can hover. That rhymes. You gain a swimming speed equal to twice your walking speed, and you can breathe underwater... Your body, along with any equipment uh, you are wearing or carrying, becomes pliable. You can move through any space as narrow as one inch without squeezing, and you can spend f five feet of movement to escape from a non-magical restraint or being grappled. Yeah. I mean, I think the the, the one of being all slippery and weird is too weird for me, but um, though that there could be a build in it somewhere, but this is a 14th level thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's this is a huge thing. Um, but yeah, basically you're picking up flying or really good swimming as a, as a power. Mm. Or being able to see invisible creatures. Yeah. Fun but times. there's also spells which do this, which you already have, like true seeing or fly or it's like water walk or, I mean, th this other one is actually the most sort of unique feature, which th makes me think it could be a spell. Transmutation, like, like the material component could be like like sludge harvested from an ooze yeah, it, what a good spell suck through why not have a spell that does that that's such a cool idea for a spell yeah, there, there's a spell there's a spell right there boom we made 18th level psychic aura if your psionic talent dies so this is your capstone your final thing with uh sorcerers get one at 18th level kind of weird though this is another problem i have with the sorcerers because many of their subclass abilities just like looking looking at statistics of like how certain games play it will never be seen like most people will never see mind over body like that feature we just said and they'll never see this final feature because they just never get to a point where like beyond 12 or 13 like it's just unrealistic to see in a game typically just so it does sort of make it's it's a thing that makes i feel like kind of bad for the sorcerer class because you're just not going to see a lot of its potential until way late and like the jump between 6 and 14 means that the sixth level feature is probably going to be the last thing you're going to see of this subclass. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean, and that's why I think when I went to build a sorcerer, building sixth level is is what you want to do because that's where they're. I mean, it's a cool spot for them, and it's a playable spot. There's a lot, uh, you know, it's easy to, to put a sixth level player player into a game. Fourteenth, well, that's that's another ball of wax, and I do hope there's plenty of D and D's out there, plenty of DMs out there. 
who are listening and thinking, you know, they're right. We should play more 14th level campaigns or higher so that those damn sorcerers have a chance to show off their their fancy moves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if your players are playing rangers, they're going to feel disappointed because by that level they suck even more than ever. Yeah, they do. And their capstone feature is 15th level. Then these guys get something at 18th level and paladins get something at 20th level. I mean, I get each class works differently, but there's just some classes that are going to like have it worse because they're just ne- going to never see these capstone abilities. Um, but finally, though, the Psychic Aura, 18th level. If your Psionic Talent die is available, you can unleash your Psionic Power and a crackling aura of Psychic Energy. As a bonus action, you can magically radiate this transparent 30-foot radius aura for one minute or until you're incapacitated or lose the use of your Psionic Talent die. Whenever a creature starts its turn in the aura or moves into it for the first time on a turn, you can roll your Psionic Talent die and deal Psychic damage to the creature, equaling the number rolled plus your Charisma modifier. If the creature takes any of this damage, its speed is halved until the start of its next turn. Which is a fairly powerful feature. You know, it gives you it gives you free damage on top of the extra damage you were doing anyways in terms of psychic stuff, more opportunities to roll your sonic talent die, and having speeds, which on top of something like a ray of frost could be a really effective method at this higher level of really getting that like movement speed way, way down. Um, but then there's always this spell like Sleet Storm, which this kind of does. Plus, I don't know, there's just there's alternatives to it, and it is a cool feature, but it's probably just never going to see the light of day by most campaigns, which is just a shame, and it's how high-level D&D just ends up working. But I think this is this is one of the worst of the three updated subclasses in terms of Sonics. I feel like they're they start off weak and all the way through they're fairly weak if not just mediocre and they lose some of the charm and some of the real sort of interesting like concept behind the aberrant mind. And though it is more diverse and more inclusive of different sort of concepts which I can appreciate, it feels like it really doesn't deliver in terms of features for me. All right. And I, I completely see where you're, you're coming from on all of that. And I agree with, with, with that. Um, that said, I, have, I still like this character a, a lot. Um, I think she's, she's not as tough as she was in the last version. She's definitely been nerfed down um, through the playing of this. But I think she's still a fun character. So the idea, so my idea with this character is she's a tabaxi. She's small. Uh, and a little bit fluffy. And she wears a... always wears a cloak that uh, is painted and decorated to look a little bit like an owl. It's got a little bit of a hood with little, like, owl-type ears and a little bit of a, a peak that comes off the front of her, of the hood. And the sides of her, her cloak are sort of when she lifts them up, they sort of look like wings. And of course, her little like, you know, tabaxi feet stick out and her little paws hold on to the side of the, the cape. Um, and she's got sort of like very vacant sort of yellow eyes when you look into them that she's she's not quite, it's hard to tell if somebody's really home. And I always sort of like imagined her kind of like, uh, the way like she would talk would be like, do you know like the ice bear on We Bear Bears? Mm-hmm. So she's all like, you know, Malochia will miss yoga today. Malochia hates getting wet. 
Malochia cried, but just on the inside. Mm-hmm. And that would be like the sort of like lines that she would just sort of drop, unless she had a psychic connection using her telepathic connection to you. And once she was in her, your head and not having to say anything out loud, she would just like ramble on and on and on and talk really fast and be like the cutest, bestest little friend. And she like, when she's in your head, she's like just kind of the, the most super annoying, super friend ever. Um, and outside of that, she's, she's just like very terse in the things that she would say. Um, and a bit creepy in the way that she says things, a bit socially awkward on the outside. But, um, but yeah, just as a build, choosing uh, choosing the, the cyanic soul uh, as your sorcerer origin, and then um, making your sixth level. At fourth, I would take the, since you've got access now to the psionic feats, uh, I'd take the telekinetic one. And you want to, when you choose these ones now, you need to ba- pick an ability score that they're going to give a, a boost to suit as well. So they, they're like one of those half ASIs, which gives you half a, a little boost. Um, so you pick charisma, obviously, because that takes your charisma on this build up to 16. Using point by <clears throat> 15 is the highest we can get. And then um, and the, the telekinetic one's kind of fun. So basically gives you a mage hand and you can make it completely invisible. If you already know mage hand, you, it basically boosts its range by an extra 30 feet. And as a bonus action, which is kind of fun because you can you could do an attack and do this. Bonus action, you can telekinetically shove one creature you see 30 feet. So it's a little like force shove. <laughs> um, when you do so, you roll the psionic talent die and the target's got to succeed on a strength saving throw, eight plus your proficiency bonus, plus the ability modifier of the score increased by this feat. Or be moved towards you or away from you you can actually pull them as well. A number of feet equal to five times the number you rolled on the die. So at higher levels, if you had a, like, even like where she is at, at level six, a D8 times five, that's a pretty good push. And the highest could be up to 60 feet. That's a huge push or a huge pull. Mm. So that's, I think that in many ways is, I mean, right there, without worrying about all the other sorcery stuff that we come up with, Something like that even is kind of a cool, um, kind of a cool ability for a, a character on a, a in in a party. You're probably the only one in the party that's going to have the ability to do something quite like that. So we're figuring out how to work that into combat situations or into you know any other sort of role play situations. Plus, it's still a mage hand; it's still pick up things and stuff as well. So it's, I think that's a pretty cool um, feature of hers. Um, so her ability scores work out to eight for strength, 16 for dex, uh, which gives her a plus three to her AC. She doesn't wear any armor, just that cloak. Constitution, uh, Constitution sits at 13, which I know is an odd number, but I, the reason for that being is if she made level eight, she would take the, the, uh, metabolic control feat, which would give her constitution an extra boost plus, uh, the ability to 
do a lot more stuff with their psychic die. Um, intelligence 12, wisdom 12, she's no dummy, and she's got charisma 16, which is her casting ability. Um, and then for background, uh, basically just a customized version of the haunted one. So keeping the background characteristics uh, and features the same, but picking up a couple of skill proficiencies in persuasion, deception, uh, thieves tools. I just, I think it's kind of this cool idea that underneath her cloak, there's this, like this little set of like tools that even though she like tries to pretend she's all magical, that she's actually a little bit of a, she has like little like thieving tendencies a little bit underneath it all. Um, I imagine her as a sort of character that like, if you like get rooms in the tavern or whatever, she always like wants to insist to have her own room, even though she never has any money or whatever. She's like insists that somebody like gets her her own room. And if you would ever like, like burst through the door while she was in her own room and she had her owl cloak off, she would like kind of shriek and like immediately dive under into her like cloak sort of thing. She doesn't want to see anybody. She doesn't want anybody to see her with her without her owl thing on. And the whole psychology of it is that she's seen she's seen something in the far plane, Moloch, the ancient one. And and whatever it was, its tentacles became wings in her mind. Its strange beak like mouth became an owl's beak in her mind. That that the owl form sort of became her sort of like symbol and idea, um, and that yeah, she she's a believer in this sort of owl god now. Although it's not an owl god at all, it's some sort of far realm crazy creature mm. uh, being. Um, and so yeah, I think there's something. I, I guess what I like about her is the idea of playing a a, a slightly mentally broken crazy crazy cat hmm. yeah i think it's a, a, a very interesting fun concept for a character you know sort of exploring that side of it and i i don't i i think in in the build even like a, a subclass that's poor mechanically could be twisted to be a very cool character and i don't doubt that and i don't want to discourage people from playing the sonic soul sorcerer because i think there can be very cool builds made out of like a, a that that option being chosen, you know, and pre provide certain opportunities for certain sort of situations to come up where they wouldn't have typically or encourage certain play styles or encourage a new way of thinking about the game, which is always, I think, the brilliant thing about these Unearthed Arcanas is that they let you do, they let you reconsider how the game works in many ways. I think she'd be a lot of fun for social interaction things. I think the telepathic speech thing could be played quite you know, with a lot of fun, especially mm -hmm. against NPCs and things. Um, she could, like I said, I think she's more like, she obviously a bit more stay back and support uh, sort of role. She's, she's got no AC. Um, Low hit points. Yeah, not great hit points. Um, and yeah, much better at sort of doing psychic damage, but definitely a lot of enchantment spells in there. Definitely a lot of like, you know, charm persons and phantasmal forces and... Well, that's an illusion spell. Um, crown of... You're right. Crown of Madness. What was that one? That's enchantment. It's enchantment. So yeah, there's, there's a few things in there that... they're But they're definitely messed with your mind sort of stuff. And 
I think in a party, you know, to have a character like that around does add a flavor and a uniqueness uh, to it. So, yeah, look, it doesn't, sometimes you don't have to love a class to build something that's really fantastic uh, or love a subclass to build something that's really fun and weird. If you get an idea in your mind for what that character is and what kind of voice they would have and how they behave and act, sometimes that's more important for a D&D game than min-maxing and being the best you know, spellcaster on the table ever. Mm, definitely. With that message, um, our classic like father, like son statement, um, I think it's a good time to wrap this up. We're sort of reaching just past 50 minutes. Uh, thank you for sharing that character build. We should have that up in a blog post maybe. We will. Coming soon where you can explore that more in depth and try making a similar psychic soul type sorcerer. Although I will be angry with you and I won't be. But um, thank you for tuning in to us. Hope you learned something. Hope you hope you grew your understanding of how this beautiful, beautiful this is, game works. This is our second sorcerer. That we've actually talked about to steal this character. And both are kind of psionic based. Kind of. I mean, look, here, can I read you actually like this one thing? From, people, like, the, people, the are, thing? people are going to think we like sorcerers. Hear this up. Like, so this is like one of the origins. You grew up near the lair of a sapphire dragon. I and know, now your right? eyes glow with sapphire light with your when you use your new profound powers. And yeah. I have a, like a, a, I a sorcerer. It's almost as if they knew you were building a sapphire sorcerer. I wonder if people I, are doing, doing you're tuning into this. I know, like they're, they're spying on us, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys for uh, listening um, and checking us all out and following through all our, our crazy ideas here. Um, yeah, and don't get the idea that we like sorcerers. Sorcerers are terrible. Don't well, play sorcerers. Sorcerers, I, I want to love sorcerers. Sorcerers so are the worst. I want to love them, but I, I, there's so much that needs to be changed. Sorcerers, to fix and, in my and it's, eyes. Like, it's funny, we're talking about sorcerers and we're talking about rangers on the podcast. I think we're drawn to talking about stuff on this podcast that we we sort of feel this like deep need to somehow fix or make better they're they're you know i i we deal definitely need to go and we'll definitely go and look at some of the the easier to play hmm? classes that aren't so broken i feel like it could be a fun sort of series where we could talk about each of the different classes and what they have to offer maybe i don't know uh, yeah, well, I mean, we kind of are, I suppose. Well, I mean, we're looking really at very selective. Sort of, well, hey, it's our podcast. We'll pick which ones, we, which, which subclasses we want as <laughs> guest stars each week. Um, right. But if you want to email us and ask us to do one, we're our, like dragonlikesun at gmail.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Drop us a note. Tell us what you like, what you don't. Uh, find us on Twitter. I'm there. And so is at like dragon. It's actually at dragonlikesun. Drop the first like. Drop the first Good like. Know. We have all these social medias up. Go and contact us. Yeah. Uh, Drop us a note. Tell us how much you hate us or like us or which all of the above. Which you'd like us to break down on the show for you. So, yeah, feel free. Steal our ideas and our opinions and make them yours. Mm-hmm. I have been Jack Away. And I am Jay the Dragon. And this is Like a Dragon Like Sun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.